Well, now that I think of it, it was several years ago. I was at the gym. It was early, December. Still dark out, even at like 6.30 in the morning. I was doing my morning workout on the weight machines, minding my own business, you might say. I was focused. Those of you who know me, you know that I'm always focused. But I was concentrating on my workout is the point here. I was focused on the weight machines, the, you know, the, the, the number of reps, a number of repetitions. I was uh, kind of had a little program and I was not thinking about church. That's the point. I wasn't thinking about preaching. I wasn't thinking about worshiping. And I've learned over the years that it's moments just like this, that without me even realizing it, a sermon series will come to me. Well, there I am in the gym. And by the way, this gym is owned and operated by a Christian couple in Lake Havasu City. But I'm looking across the room and there on the wall is this rather large yellowish golden poster with a lot of very dark black writing on the poster. And the poster's kind of got a uh, a border around it, kind of a uh, kind of an antiquish type dark brown border. You've probably seen the poster. It's actually a long list of titles for Jesus. And at the top, in much larger letters, are the engaging words from the prophet Isaiah chapter 9. And he shall be called. You might remember some of the names on the poster. I mean, there's a lot of them. Advocate, Lamb of God, Line of Judah. I like this one the Ancient One, Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Prince of Peace, Everlasting Father, Rock, Redeemer, Shepherd of My Soul, Rose of Sharon, Holy One, King of Kings, the Newborn King, Lord of Lords. Well, although this incident happened quite early in December, that year, you know, I'd still was in my tradition of doing early morning Advent devotionals. So the Advent spirit was deep within me. Honestly, I was not thinking about church. I was not thinking about sermons at all. But then it hit me. I immediately understood that the Advent and the Christmas seasons, they really come down to our name for Jesus, don't they? I mean, understanding the message of Christ's eternal power, his majesty, glory, and whatever name or image that kind of wells up inside you as you speak his name, doesn't it also automatically kind of just bring to mind who Jesus is for you? Although today's scripture reading from Isaiah is most often heard on Christmas Eve or very close to Christmas Eve, the way in which we characterize or describe our relationship with Jesus is indeed what the season of Advent and Christmas is all about. More importantly, exactly who Jesus is for me determines the kind of person I will be in my daily life. That being said, here's the question. I'm going to introduce this scripture now. Listen to yourself. Settle yourself quiet your soul. What happens in your soul? What happens in your heart when you recall these words of Isaiah? The people who walked in darkness have seen a great light. Those who dwell in the land of the shadow of death, upon them a light has shined. You have multiplied the nation 
and increased its joy. They rejoice before you according to the joy of the harvest, as men rejoice when they divide the spoil. For you have broken the yoke of his burden and the staff of his shoulder, the rod of his oppressor, as in the day of, of Midian. For every warrior's sandal from, from the noisy battle and all the garments rolled in blood will be used for burning and fuel for fire. For unto us a child is born, unto us a son is given, and the government will be upon his shoulders, and his name will be called Wonderful, Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace. Of the increase of his government and peace there will be no end. Upon the throne of David and over his kingdom, to order it and establish it with judgment and justice from that time forward, even forever. The zeal of the Lord of hosts will perform this. That reading is from Isaiah chapter 9, verses 2 through 7, and I just shared with you the New King James Version. We've all heard it before. What's in a name? What's in a word? Does a label or a name that I have for someone or something, does it automatically make me think of things? I mean, what wells up inside me? What feelings or attitudes does a name evoke in me? Especially after this really crazy and for, the, for most people I know a devastating year, what rises up inside me when I hear the name Jesus, Savior of the world, King of Kings, Redeemer, Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, the Lion of Judah, the babe born in Bethlehem, just for you. For example, let me run a couple things by you. What, how do you feel and what comes to mind? What do you feel rising up inside you when you hear someone say the word coronavirus? Or how about if they were to yell at you and say, look out! Oh, that really hurts. You know, just these words have taken on an entirely new meaning for us in 2020. I just tested positive. Or on the other side of that emotional coin, did your face and your heart possibly smile while feeling warm and fuzzy all over when you heard this? And I'm quoting here. The coronavirus vaccine has just been approved by the FDA. Finally, what we've all been waiting for is here. The vaccine is the beginning of the end of the coronavirus. How did you feel when you heard that? What feeling or attitude could you feel just rising up inside you when you heard those positive words that possibly the coronavirus pandemic and all the death and loss and devastation would someday come to an end. I want to share something with you from Hillsong Worship. These are just some lyrics from the, the from the, it's a song. Title of the song is No Other Name. His grace resounds beyond the stars and echoes in our hearts. The greatest one of all. His grace, as boundless as his love, the king above all kings. Lift up our eyes. See, the king has come. 
light of the world reaching out for us, seated on high, the undefeated one, the ancient one. Mountains bow down as we lift him up. There is no other name, Jesus Christ our God. There is no other name. Well, with the results of the Electoral College now etched in the history books of America, I can't help but think about the leadership changes that are coming up in the White House. I'm reading to you uh, uh, just a couple of quotes from the Enduring Word Commentary by a guy by the name of David Guzik. Obviously, Jesus is not in charge of the halls of Washington, London, Moscow, Baghdad, Paris, or Bonn. So how can we ever believe that, quote, the government will be upon his shoulders, as Isaiah said it would be? Actually, his government shows its workings in wonderful ways. Whenever I see someone who miraculously leaves a life of drugs or alcohol and is restored to his family and work, I can see that that person is now governed by God. Whenever I see loving Christians gently caring for orphans and those rejected by family, I know I'm watching people governed by God. Whenever I see people give up a lucrative career simply to go and share the good news of Jesus, I know they are governed by God. When I see a pastor carefully teach and lead his or her flock God has given them, I know they are getting signals from the great king who is governing their lives. When I see people leave family to live and teach in distant lands because they love the people who have not heard, I know they are governed by God. So indeed, the government is alive and working, often silently, mostly unseen. We can be, and we are, by choice, governed by God. Hope and joy and peace and rest cover its subjects. Justice, mercy, and grace amazingly coexist always in God's kingdom. And the government will be upon his shoulders. The psalmist says it this way, The Lord reigns. He is robed in majesty. The Lord is robed in majesty and armed with strength. Indeed, the world is established, firm and secure. Your throne was established long ago. You are from all eternity. Again this week, we're going to pause again to remember some of the extraordinary prophecies some seven centuries before the birth of Jesus. Another one of Isaiah's prophecies I'm going to share with you right now from Isaiah 40. Listen to these really familiar and very comforting words of promise. Comfort, O comfort my people, says your God. Speak tenderly to Jerusalem and cry to her that she has served her term, that her penalty is paid, that she has received from the Lord's hand double for all her sins. A voice cries out, In the wilderness prepare the way of the Lord. Make straight the desert, a highway for our God. Every valley shall be lifted up. Every mountain and hill be made low. The uneven ground shall become level, and the rough places a plain. Then the glory of the Lord shall be revealed, and all the people shall see it together, 
for the mouth of the Lord has spoken. Isaiah continues, Get you up to a high mountain, O Zion, herald of good tidings. Lift up your voice with strength, O Jerusalem, herald of good tidings. Lift it up. Do not fear. Say to the cities of Judah, Here is your God. See, the Lord comes with might, and his arm rules for him. His reward is with him, and his recompense before him. He will feed his flock like a shepherd. He will gather the lambs in his arms and carry them in his bosom and gently lead the mother sheep. This lovely poem from Isaiah radiates the joy for Israel at a time when they were in exile, but they were also facing a huge march across the thousands of miles of unforgiving desert to finally return home to Jerusalem. Now, you may you might like to pray through these lines in the light of what you're going through at this very moment in the country where you live. For at this time, we all know there's sadness and there's acute anxiety, but there's also joy in our task, especially during these Advent and Christmas seasons, is to remember that God is still in charge. You know, the poet sings that, quote, the glory of the Lord shall be revealed. What does that mean to you? Try to enjoy for a moment the image of God, who will feed his flock like a shepherd, gather the lambs in his arms. How do you picture this? What does it say to you today? What do you hear? What wells up inside you when you hear, I will feed you like a flock. I will shepherd you and gather you up into my arms, just like I gather up lambs. Well, you can be sure that when a young lady named June Roundtree, when she says the name Abby, her face is smiling and her heart is warm and thankful. Abby, Abby, was a lost dog, but now she's fine. What's in a name? What's in a label? What thought or feeling or attitude can a name actually evoke or bring about when someone hears that name? Well, it happened in Alabama early in November. It was Abby. Abby's a four-year-old dog, deeply loved and extremely missed. She'd been missing from the Roundtree's backyard now for three weeks. But today, she was found darting through the aisles of a Walmart where June Roundtree, her pet parent and owner, actually worked behind a cash register. It was truly an unbelievable event. It was indeed a miracle as a shocked Mrs. Roundtree spotted the prominent patch of white fur around Abby's snout and neck. I called her name, and she came to me, Roundtree said. I bent over and hugged her. I completely lost it, and I couldn't speak. I was in complete shock, and I just couldn't believe it. As the confused Walmart staff surrounded her and her lost dog, June Roundtree embraced Abby in silence for several minutes. She looked up with tears streaming down from her face and said to us, Guys, this is Abby. Remember, I've been telling you about Abby for three weeks now. 
She was in our backyard, and then she was gone. I cannot express the feeling, Roundtree said. All these people were right there around me and Abby, right there in the aisle in Walmart, and I couldn't even talk to them. I was so happy. Well, after sharing the serendipitous story with with the uh, her friends and the Walmart staff there, Roundtree took Abby, she took a lunch break, and she took Abby home where she was united with little Coco, her six-month-old dog sister. Coco had just been lost and heartbreaking without her, Roundtree said. Then, after a hearty meal, Abby went straight to her bed, curled up, and slept. It really is just unbelievable, Roundtree said. It's like a dream. You can't make this stuff up. You can be sure that when June Roundtree says the name Abby these days, rather than her heart being broken and feeling her heart sink in despair. Now her face is smiling, and her heart is warm, and her soul is joyous and thankful. Finally, on this fourth week of Advent, on this fourth Sunday of Advent, I invite you today more than ever to hold tightly to Jesus, Savior, Lion of Judah, Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace, the newborn king, I invite you to, to think about Jesus and your name and your image for him. And, and I'm even going to encourage you to make this book of Isaiah your guide for daily prayer, starting today and throughout 2021. But I'm encouraging you, start today. If you can, go online. Call me. I'll point you to some awesome resources. Get yourself a journal. If you've got an Apple device, use Apple News. Jot down your thoughts, your questions. Offer them up to God in the form of a prayer each day. Then live with that prayer for a while. Believe me, a daily prayer habit like this will make way for God's Spirit to move mountains in your life. So here's your call to action. Here's your call to action. Maybe open. Apple Notes. Some of you know what Apple Notes is. If you've got an iPad, it works really well. Write prayers for the weekly prayers of the people. Yeah. These prayers that come to you, these thoughts that come to you as you're remembering who Jesus is, as you're reading um, all the powerful images and words and names for Jesus, especially from the book of Isaiah or uh, Zephaniah or uh, Jeremiah or, or Micah, powerful prophetic words. I invite you, take notes, write prayers, write the prayers that come to mind, copy them and email them to me. And I would look forward to using them in the prayers for the people. I close now with some more words from Hillsong Worship. And these are from a song in the title of the the song is Behold. Light up this broken heart and light my way till my time on earth is done. O Holy Spirit, breathe in me like kingdom come. O Holy Spirit, let your work in me be done. Then sings my soul, then sings my soul, 
how great your love is. How great your love is. Then sings my soul, my God, he who was and is to come, prepare the way until the work on earth is done. Watch as the clouds he rides swing low. Lift up the sound as he makes our praise his throne. Behold, the Lord our God will lead us home. Amen.